Hi everyone, and welcome back to Right Answers Mostly. My name is Tess. And my name is Claire. And we have another episode for you today. An exciting one. Something that you might know about. Mm-hmm. I think this one we were, or I feel like you were a little nervous to touch on. It is a big, controversial, historical... Yeah. Murder. Absolutely. And I feel like if you're into true crime at all, this is always one that you kind of start with. Totally. And I think that's why I was nervous because it's always been a case that interests me. I'm not like a huge murder person. I am. Um, which, yeah, like you are, a lot of our friends are. I'm always like, yeah, like I don't really listen to any podcasts about it. But the John Benet Ramsey <laughs> case is truly one that has lived with me for a long time and it's it's hurt me for a long time too because it is unsolved. It, it it's hurt you. It's hurt me because it's like how how could this have happened? Right. On so many levels which I'll get into later, but I think I am intrigued by historical events almost like the Titanic to right. bring it back of like how could we have gone so wrong? Like everything could have been fine if it weren't for these hundred things that everyone like messed up on the case. It's so frustrating. Also with John Benet Ramsey, this is one that I'm like, if I could know the answers to like three questions, this would be one. Literally, someone sent me a TikTok the other day of like getting into heaven. <laughs> and then it's literally just like, who did it to you? And it's like, I can't think of anything else I'd really want to know. I know, seriously. Like, g- g- give us something. Something. Okay, so what did you know about this, or what did you think you knew before you started researching? Um, so I remember when I was little, like, so this happened in 1996, wow. so I was five. I was two. Um, and I do have vivid memories of, like, going to the grocery store with my mom and seeing this, like, beautiful beauty pageant little girl on every single cover of Same. every magazine. And, and when you're younger and it's, like, a little girl, now I honestly... To look at her, it creeps me out, Uh, the way she's done. But when you're a kid, you're like, that is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. Her blonde curls. Totally. You're just, like, mesmerized by her. And that is pretty representative of why this became such a, like, media storm because of her hyper-sexualized beauty Mm. pageant persona. Mm. And so I think, you know, people people love a story, they love a murder, and then they also love beautiful people. And she was truly, like, this stunning, magnetic little performer. Right. And I mean, she was pretty, like she was popular before this all happened. And I didn't know that, that she was like really well known in the beauty pageant community, like won all the competitions. Like her mom got her into that when she was like three. Oh my God. That's so creepy to me. Just like to be such a young little girl and be like known in the pageant circuit. It's just like, it's just troubling. It's very, it's troubling. And so like, that's really all I knew until I got older. Um, probably in college, then I like did a little bit more research on the case and sort of fascinated by it. And then it wasn't until a few years ago where the CBS documentary came Mm. out. Um, that was all about this one side. That was a new theory that not a lot of people had talked about. And that's when I got really into it. And that's when I was like, I know who, who did it. That like finalizes everything for me. And so I haven't thought about it since then. And now in doing research, I'm like, I don't actually believe that anymore. 
Oh, my God. I can't wait because I feel like I know what theory you're talking about, and that's what I think. Yeah. And also just, like, going into this episode, Tess and I have both been, like, let's go in and try to be unbiased and just hear the facts and then say what we think after because everyone has their thoughts on who did it with this case. Totally. And, like, I posted something about it on Instagram. I got, like, maybe four or five responses, and every single person said the same thing. Oh, my God. They were like, I know that it was blank. And I was just like, huh, what if, hey, crazy thought, what if we just completely remove that and just like start from scratch Yes. and try to figure some shit out? So shall we go on this journey together starting from scratch? I think we should. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay. So the John Bonet Ramsey case was, um, took place in Boulder, Colorado, uh, Christmas night, which once again, that sort of like theatrical, everything about it is just like this perfect little family. They lived in this. 6,700 square foot tutor, a really wealthy family known in their community. The dad was this huge businessman. Um, the dad's name is John Ramsey, um, married to his wife, Patsy Ramsey. Patsy Ramsey was a very high society woman from Atlanta. She was also a former beauty pageant of what contestant of West Virginia. It all comes from somewhere, doesn't it? It sure does. It comes from somewhere. Um, she, so, yeah, both of them just grew up very privileged. Does the um, name John Binet come from John? Yes. It's like the same thing with Jamie Lynn Spears. It's so much narcissism. Why do we have to do this? Like, stop. you already have one. We get it. You're a strong male figure. Yes. Like, you don't need to name your uh, – whatever. Yeah, it's, it's too much. Um, so they had two children. Um, they had John Binet, and then they had Burke. John Binet was six and a half, and Burke was nine. Okay, older brother. During this event, older brother. She also had um, an older half-brother, but he's, like, never talked about, and I've seen him in recent interviews. He wasn't living with them at the time. How, How much, much older? Um, I think he was six years older, and he was from the dad's previous marriage. Wow. So was he living with them at the time or anything? He was not living okay. with them at the time. Wow, well, I know, which okay. is, like, what was going on there. Um, God, I'm just, like, drenched in sweat even thinking about this. Um, <laughs> show. Patsy Ramsey had um, been recently cleared from stage four ovarian cancer. Shit. So this was a time of celebration. Yeah. Because it was like, she's healthy, our, you know, our kids are thriving, especially John Bonet. She had been like on, you know, very well known and popular from all of her beauty pageants. She's three? Uh, she's six at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, that's six and a half. Our three year old is thriving. I mean, even saying like our six year old is thriving. I know, it's it's literally insane. <laughs> um So it's Christmas Day. They had plans the next morning to go to their um, family cottage in Michigan. Ooh, rich. Very rich. A cottage in Michigan. Like, that is the goal. That is the dream. Yeah, it is. Um, So, you know, it's just like any other Christmas Day. They were opening presents. John Benet got a new bike, and she was biking all along down the street at their little neighborhood. They went to a family friend's house for dinner that night. And then they said that we are going to turn in early because we have to get up, like, pretty early to go to Michigan. She's, like, thinking about all these things, and they don't – well, we don't know. No, John Bonet doesn't know what's coming. Oh, and that's always, like, the saddest part. On Christmas? Uh, I know. And she just, like – the pictures of her, she just looks so happy. I mean, Ugh. she's so cute, especially when she doesn't look all, like, fucking – Yes sexy <laughs> like she's just this little girl like yeah a 90s girl with like turtleneck and uh, like her hair and like half up half down pony it's like, like a, a dream. dream a dream and i mean i'm sure i mean and she was just known to be the sweetest most like extroverted at quite the ham which i oh, can relate to i love i know we both can relate to <laughs> we, we were not quite kids. kids we sure were no. 
Um, and we probably would have been friends with John Monet. Absolutely. Oh, wow. May she rest in peace. Um, so, <laughs> so, they all go to sleep. They set the alarm. They're going to bed. Between the hours, you know, they're not really sure exactly when this happened. But between the hours of 10 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. on from December 25th, Christmas night, to December 26th, John Bonet was brutally murdered. So what happens is Patsy wakes up in the morning um, around, I want to say 5, around 5.25 a.m. Early riser. Early riser. They had to get up anyway pretty early, early to go on vacation. The cottage. We cannot forget about the cottage. Uh-uh. Um, she gets up and she walks down the staircase and she sees a letter. And it is a three-page letter, and it is a ransom note. It was placed on the bottom of the staircase, and she sees it immediately. The bottom of the staircase? What a strange place to set a letter. Right. And it's like, you have to think, okay, we know where the parents... And also, just to paint a picture of this house, it is a huge house with 18 rooms in it. 18 rooms? Yes. So they're like, they're rich people. Yeah. I mean... Um, and that's also important in recognizing some facts in this case because the house is so grand. Right. But you also have to think someone knew, okay, someone could be anyone. If the parents come down, they're going to see this from their room. You know, it's all like pretty calculated to put it at the bottom of the staircase. Right. I guess, I don't know. I just think like when you're setting things down, I usually would set them on like a table or a counter or something like that, not where people are walking. Yes. And I think that's why like every piece of information, because Mm -hmm. it was so controversial and unsolved is very important. So like, I just like to point that out. And also the ransom note was on stationery that belonged to the Ramseys. Written with a pen that also belonged to them. Wow. Do we, do we know where that stationery was, like, hiding? The stationery was on, um, like, a dresser thing down by the door right across from the staircase. So okay, the person wrote it probably on that and then placed it. And three pages is so intense. Yeah. So the ransom note is, like, one of the crucial parts of this case because it was so bizarre and one of the most bizarre ransom notes that detectives and police had ever seen. Usually a ransom note is like, hey, we got your kid. Call this number. Don't call the cops because we're going to fuck you up. Right. Leave this cash. Peace out. Absolutely. Like something along those lines. But this ransom note just went truly on and on. It was like, I mean, I'm sure someone spent like handwriting it three pages. How long I also got to say, but that's a good point because if it's their own, um, paper and pen, that means if it's an intruder, they have to come in the house, murder her all while everyone's sleeping, and take the time to write three pages. Yes. And so why it was so controversial is people were like, these were the reasons why. Okay. The length of the ransom note. Three three pages is very long. It's not very direct and to the point, and it feels like someone trying to cover their tracks Okay, is what was interpreted by... by the police. Okay. It's on the family's own stationery. And some of the wording in it, it quotes, they're kind of trying to be scary by quoting like famous movies. And a ransom? About being like, ah, the dog dies, kid. If you get like, you know, those kind of like old timey, like 
So there was some movie with Mel Gibson that was actually playing at a local theater in Boulder that had um, a lot of the same verbiage used in the ransom note. Like, if we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. Don't try to grow a brain. These are two quotes in this, like, movie about a kid, about a kidnapping. Oh, my God. I was about to say, like, what the hell does that even mean? Mm-hmm. But it's about a kidnapping? It's about a kidnapping, and they're literally directly taking it from a movie. Also could be interpreted that this person has never done this before. They don't really know, like, That's how so to weird. threaten the parents. Like, it's bizarre. It's so lame, almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, like, really? It just gets to the point. Stop quoting movies. Truly. Um, also... It threatens that they will kill her if there's not $118,000. Kill John Bonet. Kill John Bonet. We're going to kill your daughter if there's not $118,000 taken out of your account. It breaks it down of like how much, you know, hundreds in this, 20s in this, 50s. $118,000 is a very random number. It's very random. But it is the number that the dad... John got for a Christmas bonus from his company. And that's the exact number. And this was very recent because uh-huh. it's Christmas time. Yep. So, just leaving that in the back of your brain, it's like, once again, think what you want about it. I think immediately all eyes went to the parents. The parents. Well, and so what, what I'm hearing this too, I'm like, are you that dumb? So that's the other side of it, that, like, as we continue on about these facts, it's like, wow, of course then it's a parents, because, but then it's also, like, what, they, anyone in their right mind that would not try to get that specific. Well, I have my other theories that it could be someone else in a state of panic. You do what you need to do. And that is very true. Mm-hmm. Human nature is crazy. And Which it's I don't want to. crisis. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to, like, be too ominous about who I'm thinking it is. Mm-hmm. And I want to be more open, but also they haven't even found her body yet. No. So at okay. this point, unbiasedly speaking, it's a kidnapping. Okay. Well, that is also walking down your stairs and seeing a note is creepy, first of all. Oh, it gives me shivers. Because it's like, I was the last one up the stairs. I know no one put that there. And then all of a sudden it's there. Someone has been in this house. Ooh, that's, that's the, the worst, worst feeling in the entire oh. world. Yes. Oh, I mean, okay. and especially as a parent, oh. I'm sure immediately you're like, something has happened to my kid. Yes, yes. immediately. It's what you always think. Of course. out of place. Like, how yeah. could you not? Mm-hmm. So, also in the ransom note, it says, if you call the FBI, if you call 911, she dies immediately. So, Patsy hysterically screams for John, and he comes running down the stairs. She shows him the note, and... They immediately call 911. I, I I think that I would. I think I would too because it's like you need support. You need assistance. Absolutely. Even if, a, you know, they're not going to – the fucking whoever did this is not going to know immediately that of you've course. called. But you need to – you need some help. Yeah. So – Call professionals. Exactly. So she calls 911 around 5.30 a.m. Um, you know, the recording is very hard to listen to. Just real quick, what – she calls John down – did she run and check JonBenet's room? Do yes. we know? Oh, she yes. did. Okay, because yes. I'm like, that would be my first thing. Yeah, sorry. I totally forgot to say that. So, yeah, she okay. sees that um, Burke, her son, is still sleeping, and she sees that JonBenet is gone. Okay. So, they call 911. She's, like, you know, obviously screaming. She's in hysteria. She's like, please, God, please, please. I'm the... And she keeps saying, I'm the mother. 
Which <laughs> God, Noah, for the love of God. She's terrifying. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Stop it. Right Come here. Come here. Sorry, break for um, Noah's. Is someone tantrum? All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. Um, show. She's hysterical. She's hysterical. She keeps saying I'm the mother, which later is interpreted to be Noah. Stop. Sit. Noah has some thoughts on job. Noah. Noah gets riled up as well. I don't know anything about true. Like I. I don't know anything about anything. Let's just keep it there. But yes. it doesn't freak me out so much saying that I'm the mother. Yeah. And I think, you know, in any case like this, you have um, psycho- psychiatrists, psycho- yeah. psych- psychologists. People who study forensics. Like, you know, people are literally like, why would this person respond this way? But who the fuck knows how you respond in moments of trauma? You can't necessarily judge people on that. No, you can't. I'm even thinking about like experiences I've had or witnessed of like my family members with something bad has happened. And sometimes it's like, you're like, why the fuck are you dead inside? Right. Why do you not have any emotion? Like you never know. Right. So you black out, you, you truly black out. And I'm sure that's what was happening. Um, also in the ransom note, I forgot to say that they, that the person that took her says, I'll call you tomorrow. I'll wait by the phone before 1230 PM and get plenty of rest. Ew, I hate this kind of stuff where they like make it sound so personal. It yes. grosses me out so much. Like they're like they care about their well being, like get plenty of rest. It's so yes. gross. It's so gross. So the first officer arrives around 555. So they get there, you know, less than 30 minutes. Almost immediately, Patsy, who is in hysterics, invites Pretty much every fucking person she knows to the house. Oh, my God. Patsy, it's not the time. It's not the time. Um, she was, you know, inconsolable. She was screaming. She was crying. And she wanted people to be there to calm her down and support her. I'm just going to say something. To me, I'm like, this is someone who's been in pageants their whole life. Yep. And then they put their daughter in pageants immediately. And now she's like... I want attention. I, I mean, one could say. Well, well, I, that's why I'm saying it. Hey, I don't know. If something this happened, if someone took Noah, maybe <laughs> maybe I would Noah want. Noah is Tess's dog. Yes. Or my, my baby. <laughs> maybe I would want all you guys to come over. Right. You know, I mean, I guess it's, it's, it's how you deal with a moment of, I mean, true panic. And I'm forgetting that we still haven't found her body yet. We've not found her body. At this point, mm-hmm. the cops are just like. You know, trying to get all the information, but obviously, because we all know this is, it's going to be a crime scene. If you're having 18 people, 18 people in this house come in, everything is tampered. The crime scene is no longer clean. It's unusable. You might as well burn the house up. Exactly. And that just, I mean, that just keeps getting worse and worse because all the evidence by the end of this case is completely tampered with by strangers, by the parents, by the, like. She called over 18 people. I'm like, how do you even have 18 friends? I don't even know 18 people. I don't either. Like, not like I'd want to hang out with 18 people. No, absolutely not. Not in my time of need. 6 a.m.? Yeah, no. God, no. But they were like high society. Everyone knew them. Everyone loved them. They had tons of friends. having 60 friends. Exactly. Ross, New York. Exactly. Always circles back. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, also the police that came over were all very inexperienced. They have never dealt with, um, a missing persons, a kidnapping or a homicide. What? None, of, they're none of the initial officers later, they brought in people who knew what the fuck they were doing, but it was too late. Don't you think that you should send someone who's maybe done it once? Yes, literally. But there was like no one there. It was like the sleepy little town well, it's in like Boulder. like a day after Christmas too. Exactly. Everyone's like, we're in Hawaii on yeah. vacation. <laughs> like... 
Everyone's like, we're not dealing with this. Well, they probably also lived in a nice neighborhood, and it's like that thought that, like, nothing bad happens here, so we're fine. Exactly. And, you know, like a very upper class, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, these things were unheard of. Um, So, at this point, people are comforting her. They're sitting on the couch. One of Patsy's friends starts wiping up the kitchen and being like, well, at least, like, because it's messy from the night before, let me clean it. So she is on her hands and knees cleaning the kitchen with Windex. Patsy's friend, no. Like, literally stop. Oh, my God. So. Sorry. No, sorry. Um, I know. I mean, it's truly just, like, take it in for a second. Because it's like, you know, you have people streaming in and out of the house. And the police are giving them confirmation that it is okay because they need, like, how could this have happened to the Ramseys? They need their support. Sure, come on in. Sit down. Not thinking that somebody is dead in that house. Oh my God, that's disgusting. I know. So, after a while, they're waiting for this phone call. Nothing ever happens. It's well past 1230, which is when the the person said that they would call them. They've gotten nothing. The police have been prepping them for hours of like, okay, what what you're going to say, how you respond, all this stuff, nothing. So, most of the police officers leave, except for one, Linda Art is her name. And she stays. She is literally so new at this she has no experience at all but she's the one to be like hey now that it's kind of quiet like quieted down why don't you check the house to see if anything feels weird something's missing something's off i i wish they would have done that first thing no kitty that's the first thing that's That's the the first first thing thing to like look for clues because she's gone so they had to be in here at some point exactly so look around see if like i mean even for your safety like is like Somebody's still in the house. Like, that right. part just, like, really weirds me out. Um, and so before before Linda had even said to check the house, she was observing John's behavior. And she did say, while Patsy was hysterical, he was checking his mail. Ew. He was kind of just, like, not looking around the house for, like, investigation purposes, but being very kind of last lackadaisical, you could say, about the whole thing. I love that word. Thank you. But also, like, again, how we're like, you can't judge people on how they handle grief, but, like, that is not normal. To check the mail, I say, I'd say, is a little sociopath-like. What you looking for in there? What you looking the for? Thing on your mind. Right. Like, that seems weird. And so, John says, okay, I'll go check the house. The first place he goes, which I'm sure he hadn't gone yet, as everyone had been there, and why go down to the basement when you have 20 people over? What are you going to do down there? I right. think the light bulb went off, or it didn't. We don't know why he went down to the basement. But he goes down and then goes into the wine cellar, which is like right, it's a room in the basement. Uh-huh. Very, very small little room. And he goes directly there. And he finds the body of his daughter in a white blanket. Oh, my God. He sees that she has tape around her mouth and her wrists are tied. And he's not sure at this moment if she is dead or alive. And he immediately picks her up, walks up the stairs, puts her down on the kitchen floor, and drapes another blanket over her body. So he's just like tampering with the crime Mm -hmm. scene left and right. So Linda Art is looking at this, and the parents are like, is she dead? And she's like, oh, yes, she is dead. She has literally marks all over her neck, her face. There's blood. 
I mean, she can tell in an instant this girl has been brutally murdered. And she did say in an interview that the moment that she saw John walking with John Bonet and the way that he was holding her, she said, I think this man killed his child. <gasps> I just got chills. I know. I, wow. I know. Because he said the way that examining it from like a psychological, once again, like you could, if you see your child, want to have them really close to you because that's you know, comfort, but if it's a dead child with blood and like, you know, you'd probably hold her out less cat, like, well, it's almost like, I don't know. It's just haunting. There's been like sides that are like, it's weird that she, that he was holding her so close to his body, like instead of further away. Like, so there's just been once again, like people have analyzed the way that he carried her up. So she said that she immediately counted how many bullets she had on her because she was like, I think something bad is going to happen in this moment. I think that these people are not good people, and I think that they might even kill me. Oh, my God. So, so this, she had a vibe, and she the had a, were not good. She had a vibe, and she was like, okay, I have 18 bullets on me. But she felt in immediate danger, she said. And, like, I feel like you must really feel like in danger because the, this is a situation that would not normally call for thinking like that. Exactly. You're in a family home. Exactly. She said it was like, it was a vibe change, you could say. Change the vibes. Change the vibes. Um, so, what happened to John Bonet physically? There was a massive fracture on her skull that was eight inches. So eight she, inches. Eight inches on a little, like a little tiny skull. Oh my I mean, God. this girl. I mean, she's small. So small. Um. So you could assume she had a gas. You know, someone did threw something a huge gash to her head. But the ultimate cause of death was strangulation. With something called a garrote, which is like an old-timey weapon, which is essentially like a string or a rope, and then you attach like a wooden block to it to like tighten and tighten and tighten it. So it's like you have a bit more force to pull as you strangle someone. Who even has that? Well, the garrote was um, fashioned by uh, Patsy's uh, art supplies. It was with a paintbrush. Huh. That's specific. And so that's what was used to wrap around her neck, which ultimately killed her. She also, there was a lot of um, fingernail marks of her own showing that she was trying to fight it and get it off of her neck. Like there's struggle. There was a struggle. So it's brutal. It's painful. It's like, this is not a quick death. Something had happened to her skull. And then 45 to two hours later, they think, then she was strangled. Oh my God. There also was part of that uh, groat, the uh, brush that was inserted into her vagina. So she suffered sexual abuse. There's no semen. There was no semen found for, like, thinking that she was raped. But they think that the brush. She's, like, mutilated. Mm -hmm. Which is very violent and, um, I'm sorry, i got to say, almost personal. It's very, yes. I mean, everything that happened, like, I mean, that's such a... Such a violent way to kill a child. Such a violent way to kill a child. And the fact that there was even 45 minutes after a head injury, and this is happening all in the house. Yes. You have to think about time in this, like how bizarre that is, that she didn't just die right away. As of right now, there is no evidence of a break-in. Okay. They are just like, immediately the media goes to, this little girl died in her house. She's basically raped. And strangled, and she was was murdered by her parents. And you know, 
how the media loves the story. Oh, and they'll take it and run. They'll take it and run. This is right off of like the last big murder case, which O.J. Simpson. Oh, wow. So we had like a few years in between. What year was O.J. Simpson? It wasn't that much before. And O.J. Simpson was the first like huge media coverage. So I feel like people just started getting obsessed with it. Exactly. So this was kind of the start of just like the fascination with, with these brutal murders. Mm-hmm. Um, so immediately within 24 hours, it is just like front page news. These videos of her in the beauty pageant were just turned into like this international circus. I mean, it wasn't even in just this country. It was everywhere because it was like little beautiful beauty and queen. That's almost creepy to very, me too. I mean, very creepy. So. Meanwhile, I am fascinated by it, but like, oof. Fascinated by it's it. Like, I mean, we're talking about it now, like yeah, 25 absolutely. years later, but yeah. 25 years? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I can do math. It is. I'm like, come on, Tess. Yes, yes. Way to go. Well, thank you so much. Um, so all of a sudden, obviously, the police are on it and detectives are on it. I didn't know that there's usually such a contrast of opinion with the district attorney and the police. There usually is. There usually I is. I don't know that either. And they're usually butting heads about it. There's also a lot of egos involved in these kind of things. There always is, isn't there? It's like, obviously, we have the case, we have the evidence, some evidence so far, and we have what happened. And then we have the media, who immediately is like, there is no other person this could be besides the parents. And then we have the police, who are kind of working with the media. And then we have a man named Lou Smith. Lou Smith? Lou Smith. Who the hell is Lou? Lou Smith was a detective who had spent his entire life, I think over 200 cases, and he had never lost, literally, on homicide cases. And like he, he solved every single he one? He solved literally every single one. Um, he, I think, mainly worked... Where are you, Lou? I think he mainly worked in... In Colorado. Yeah. And he always, he had 90% success rate and he always advocated for the victims. Well, we love that. We love that. So he was literally like, I'm going to find who did this. He was a man that worked on this case for 10 years and he was pulled out of retirement. He was asked if he could come back and work in the case. And he was like, of course. I've never felt so passionate about work before. Like when I hear stories about this, I'd be like, call someone else. I'm in retirement. Yeah, like I'm literally on the couch watching Housewives. Like there's nothing you could do. Please, there's please. nothing you could say. I did my dues. Leave me alone. Truly, he felt this connection to the family from the get-go. That he was like, all right, I'm hearing this. I'm seeing this. But could it be someone else? Hmm. And he came in, like, rather, I think he came in rather quickly. But up until this point, it was just all, like, parents, murder. And he was like, well, have we looked at any signs of an intruder? And the police were like, nope, no, no signs. Because, like, no, no. Like, they just were, like, so angry. We also don't want to do any more work, so please. like, literally. Um, So Lou was like... All right, well, let me – can I please go to the house and – Wait, who is Lou hired by? The district district Dis- attorney? District attorney, not the police. Got it, got it. Um, so at this point, they hadn't interviewed officially John or Patsy. There had been no, like, official a- interrogation. It was just blowing up. Everything was just – because, like, it does take a while to, like, get the rights to do all these things, which I didn't I know. I didn't know that either because to me, I'm like, let's immediately interview them. You have to, like, have still concrete evidence. Right. You know? And so I think, like, at this point, there was a theory that Patsy 
got enraged that John Bonet wet the bed and ended up murdering her. So the bedwetting theory is number one theory. Number one theory. That it's Patsy, the mother's crazy. And this is by the police? Yes. Okay. And this is what's on the cover at this point of like every headline is just like Patsy Ramsey, like crazy beauty pageant mom that got frustrated with her daughter for wetting the bed. And then thus... Oh my God. Also, it's so, there's two sides to media because in one side, it's good that you get people involved because like there's been cases where you need to have people knowing what's going on and like fighting for what's right. But also it's like tampering with almost evidence in a way that now if you ever have a jury, they're going to be so biased and see everything. Exactly. And what's interesting about the bedwetting theory is that that's what took over and people ran with it. And of course the police and the DA were like, well, we have to test this now. Yeah. So they looked at her bed and then they looked at her pajamas. Her PJ bottoms were soaked in urine, which happens when you die. You literally like excrete. Uh, well, she's also a little girl. She's so scared. I'm sure too. she fucking wet herself right. when this was all happening. Yeah. The bed actually did not have any urine on it. So the police just like making that up? Yes. Wow. Well, that, I wouldn't put it past that, too. I, yeah. And so at this point, like, and that never made headlines. So, like, they ran with this bedwetting theory forever. Everyone was like, oh, my God, fuck the mom. Once again, the evidence showed that she didn't wet the bed. But that's what people thought for months and months and months. Also, if there is a different killer out and in the media is saying, like, we have this theory, they can work off of that and um, just be more sneaky and calculated. Because it's like you're giving the actual murder on a plate what the law thinks. Egg. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's where Lou comes in and he's like, what if there is a killer out here in our community? And we're sure I there is a possibility that the parents did this, but what if they didn't do it? Right. And so he goes to the house and he's the first one, which is crazy, to notice that there is a sign of a break-in in the basement. In the basement. In the basement. How do you get in from the basement? So, on the the, um, ground level of the house, there is like this um, cage sort of thing that you can get in from the ground. You open it up and you'd have to jump down, break the glass, and then climb in through the window. Okay. It's almost like ventilation, like leaves and stuff. You know, like I don't really know like exact purpose of that. But he was like... I'm going to go to the house, someone record me, and I'm going to try to act as if I was an intruder. And so he demonstrated how it was physically possible to get in through that metal, I don't even know, not a cage, I don't know what you would call it. Um, it's like a droplet kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, um, like a vent. Okay. Like a large, large vent. Uh-huh. And then he goes in, he is a, you know... 50, 60-year-old man, tall, and he is able to get in. The evidence of the intruder theory is, it is controversial because it does show that, yes, someone did break in, could get in through that window. There is a mark of something that looks, that's on the wall from the window where he would have hopped down from. It looks like a footmark. So there is like some blurry, but you can't really make out what it is. But there is some mark Looks like it's like scraping down from that point of entry. And then there is a suitcase propped up by the window that Lou theorized that that was for the killer to then get back out because you have to hop up on some. Right. And then they're okay, interesting. There is also 
a found footprint on the suitcase showing that someone indeed did hop up on it. It's unidentified footprint, but someone did use that. I wonder if it would have been unidentified if they would have got it the first day. Well, probably fucking not. That's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Show, we have that. And we also have a footprint right next to John Benet's body in the wine cellar. Okay. However, once again, these things are just sort of neither here nor there because it was so tampered with. Mm-hmm. But we do have some footprints. We also have DNA, unidentified DNA, that is of no one in the family on John Benet's fingernails and underwear. Okay, well, also fingernails are a huge one because if you're struggling, she's just like clawing at everything. Yep. At this point, technology is not great. No. This is the early 90s, yep. and it's a, such a small amount of DNA. They can't really identify who it is, but they know it's a male. Wow. And it's no one in the families? And it's no one in the family. Oh, so they, they don't know, but they immediately, oh. so it still could be her father. But the, but Patsy, or let's say the brother, but Patsy's kind of technically off the list, but she's still not because everyone is obsessed with that she did it. Right, right. They just want to believe. And also it's like you have a horrible murder. You just want to have the answers right away. And to also not think that there's some murderer out living in our streets. Exactly. So it's easier to just blame the mom. Exactly. And, you know, it always is. Mm -hmm. So when this is taken to trial... The grand jury is really focused on the ransom note is number one, where in analyzing the note, some of the D's look like Patsy's handwriting. So this is the first thing that people are a little bit like, it's the mom, but they still cannot get a clear answer. It's basically all of them kind of concluded it's, it could be 50% this killer and maybe 50% Patsy. It looks like someone is trying to shake as they write it to, to hide their handwriting. Mm. So that's a big thing in court. The second big thing is like, well, let's like throw in this intruder theory. There, you know, someone could have walked in the DNA on her underwear, all of these things. The window is very imperative in this because the window that someone could have come down for the break-in. Sure, they could fit through it. But the spiderweb cobs on the corner of the window were, like, immaculate. They had not been disturbed. Guys, mm. I'm just saying. And it's, like, those little details that you never think no, about. No, but also, how soon was that photo taken of the window? Because spiders can replica replicate their webs very, very quickly. Holy shit. So if this happened at 10 p.m. and then this photo's taken, let's say 12, 16 hours later of the wind, not even, because they weren't even, this Did was taken. Did in the morning? No. So days after when Lou was finally like, let's fucking do, let's take some evidence. So that spider could have replicated that web three days later and it could have looked exactly the same. It's just so frustrating. It's like, can't we just have a definitive thing of like, this absolutely is or this absolutely isn't? Exactly. Um... So the grand jury was like, no, if the spider web is not broken, it's still the parents. Like there's no, they all agreed that it was the parents. Lou was completely like ostracized and everyone was like, how could you not like be on like our community side, the world side? And he was the only one that was trying to make these points. 
he goes deeper and deeper and deeper into this. He's examining these photos of her body every single night. Oh my God. And then he sees something that no one had even seen before. It's two identical marks on two places of her body. So one by her neck and I think one on her lower back of like two equally spaced out little dots that are probably like three inches apart. And he was like, what are those? That's so strange. So he starts doing research of like weapon wounds and all this stuff. And he has an aha moment. He's like, that is a stun gun. <gasps> what? I've never heard of I this I didn't before. either. Wait, what? So now he's like, guys, we got to get back in this case. And like... It is like, why would the Ramses own a stun gun? That's such a random weapon. So now his whole theory is that somebody came in, broken through the house quietly because all of the, the jury's also like, why the fuck? Like if someone's being murdered in your own home, you're going to hear it. That's has been my thinking, even like breaking in, like, and I also feel like as parents, and this is something that you could argue in court, but you sleep differently when you have kids and you don't sleep as deeply. That is very, very true. They did tests on like the scream on different noises of if someone could hear it from the fourth floor to the basement. Uh And the test concluded that it wouldn't have been audible. The fourth floor was like basement. Mm -hmm. First, second, and third. So technically like four levels apart. However, the neighbors heard a horrifying child scream. (gasps) But then they were like, well, how does that make sense? So Lou goes down to the basement and sees that there is almost a vent that goes out into the neighbor's yard and it comes in through the basement almost like halfway. Like it's almost like a megaphone right? of where the murder happened. They could hear it from the neighbor's house. But then when they went upstairs to test the scream for where the parents would have been sleeping, they couldn't hear the scream. Well, so were the neighbors, I mean, I'm probably, I probably would have been like, that was creepy. Yeah. They Let's did. just ignore it. I, I also, it's like, did. mind your own business. And also sometimes when you hear a child scream, it's like they're being dramatic. Right. Totally. They're having a temper tantrum. So they did test these screams mm-hmm. and then they were kind of cleared on whether they could hear it or not. But one has to wonder, like, that's a lot of activity going on for two hours. Yeah. Uh, you know, gash to the head, strangulation, going up and down those stairs. And the stairs were carpeted. Okay, so that makes it quieter. But the right. now blues theory, yes, is that like someone walked, walked, broken through the basement, went up the stairs, tased her so she didn't really have much of a fight, right. brought her down to the basement, tried to put her into the suitcase to take her out for an actual kidnapping, hence maybe the ransom note. Here's a theory. Uh-huh. When that wasn't working and she couldn't fit in there, he was like, you know what, fuck, I'm just going to, like, kill her. So bash the head first. Yes. Do you think that it could have even been taser bashed? Well, there's no blood on her bed, was there? Yeah, there's no, the room looks like it's undisturbed. So it had to be getting her out before doing any major bodily harm. Yes. It was all in the basement. Yes. Okay. So we have another theory now that's sort of out there, um, but people are still not really believing it. I don't know which one to go through. Cause so a few, now a few things happen. Okay. There's another theory that comes out, but this is years later, but also the case at this point is sort of on standstill. So the parents were never arrested. They were never arrested when they were they were finally um, actually interrogated 
a year and a half after this happened. Because I think you got to go through the motions right. and like all these things are so drawn out. So in 1998, they're finally interrogated. Lou interrogates John and the someone from the uh, police force interrogates Patsy. So they have someone from the DA and someone from the police interviewing both of them in separate rooms. Is that normal to have different parties? Because I almost I feel know. like you're biased against this person and you're biased against this person. So it's like... Well, in the footage and what happened after was that they were like, because Lou didn't, you know, he had this like connection to his family. Mm-hmm. He kind of went easy on John. Right. And then you have Patsy in the other room who these guys are like... So we have evidence that you did this, which is how usually most interrogation yes, goes. You is have that to wear like, them down. You do, and you have to just assume and make it seem like to them like we already know that you did this. Because if they didn't do it, then they're not going. to, You know exactly. That's so she's losing her goddamn mind, and this also you know then creates more of a reaction that people are like, "Well, look how mad she is." Well, and also any time with a woman too, they're just going to like she's like, hysterical. She's a mad woman. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, she's like, I had nothing to do with this. And you can just tell that she does feel exhausted and really angry. And that's all I will say about her reaction. Like, mm. just watching it, you're just like, you're angry mm. at the world. You're angry at these people. You're angry. And so she just keeps being like, go back to the damn drawing board. I did not do this. And you need to find the person who did this. And I'm so tired. And she's literally like losing Holy it. Shit. And then in the other room, John's like, nope, had nothing to do with it. She was a good girl. And I didn't do it. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but like this John guy creeps me out. He is pretty creepy. Pretty creepy. So what happens? They're not arrested, but they're indicted. Okay. So they're accused of permitting a child to be in a dangerous situation and having an assistance to a murder, but they're not like put on trial for this. Well, that's interesting that they could get there without being indicted or for, I don't even know the correct term, for murder, because it's like, well, technically she was just in her house. Exactly. So it's like, it really could only go so far, and then they kept hitting this Mm. wall. And they were going round and round for this for years. And then kind of just nothing really happens. Because they don't have strong evidence in any single way to formally arrest Because the crime scene was so tampered with. Exactly. And they fucking knew that. And they didn't have detectives who knew what they were doing who would come in and say, everyone stop where you are right now. Mm -hmm. We've got to take up prints. we got to immediately start investigating you. Yes. All of y'all need to go home. Oh, no. All y'all need to go home. (laughs) Go home. It's like, stop cleaning over there. Yeah, literally. Were you saying Always. Channeling her. Yeah, always. Always. Um, Show. Let's jump ahead because nothing's really happening for years. Okay. 2008, there are new DNA advances. <gasps> this is just, there's going to be so many murder cases that DNA that evidence. Like, Let's go back. Yes. Let's go back to the beginning. Oh, I can't wait. So there's a new round of DNA tested on her pajama leggings that now show, and with better technology, there are two potential DNA matches of men. Not just like one, there but there's two. two men. They still can't identify who it is, but then they could essentially get rid of a lot of potential suspects that were like, God, there was a lot of fucking people they thought, which I even found out today. It was like the housekeeper who was this mm. woman, um, a local sex offender. Um, that was a woman or a man? 
was a man. Okay, but they ruled him out. They ruled him out. So they kept like, and some people came forward and said that they did it. Oh, people are freaks. I can't. And then they would test the DNA and be like, that's not a match. But guys, don't do that. Go find another hobby. Literally, there's one that's the um, like local Santa in the neighborhood. Ew, like, and ma- he said he did it? Yes. And that man is just having children sit on his lap? I, well... <laughs> That's a little nice. There it is. Yeah, there it is. And there it is. <laughs> but oh, so my God. There's been tons of people that throughout, you know, in those eight years have just been like, I did it, you know, or no, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah, 12 years. Yeah, 12. Um, and so nothing's matching up. Like Lou's getting sick with cancer at this point, and he's like, somebody please uh, oh find no. the killer. He's on his deathbed. He's asking everyone to continue this case. He's asking his granddaughters who now have a podcast called in the victim in the shoes of the victims or something which is literally all it's in the victim shoes i believe is what it's called and they like their life's work is now his granddaughters his granddaughters advocating for victims specifically they're still really invested in this case so a lot of shit is happening but a lot of shit is happening with still knowing nothing with still knowing nothing so they just can't find a goddamn answer. And then a few years ago is when another media storm comes about to say that they think maybe it could have been the son, Burke Ramsey. We all know this theory. We all know this theory. And to circle back to the beginning of the episode, this is who everyone responded to my story saying the brother did it. This is who I, Claire, responded to Tessa's story. And I have said I have always thought it was the brother. Show what? I honestly did too. I watched the CBS documentary in which he sued them for $750 million. The brother did? Mm-hmm. He sued his parents? Uh, sued CBS. Oh, 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 oh. After it came out? Mm-hmm. At this point, Patsy is dead and she died of cancer. Right. John is remarried. This documentary i think it's three parts came out and it's like let's take it back and let's say that the parents had nothing to do with the actual murder there you know there's not enough evidence for the intruder theory based on a lack of footprints in the snow all of these things that people were just Uh, like i don't know if mm -hmm. this is even possible and there's no dna matches let's talk about burke let's talk about burke i will say that in all of the years i believe that burke did it and had specific facts, the documentary has now come out to say those were all theories and not scientific, like, tested Mm. evidence. And I think I got so excited about that documentary because there's, like, three basically main points. Pineapple in John Bonet's stomach. Always something that we've been hearing. Why is that significant? Significant because that was Burke's favorite snack. Okay. And it was found in her stomach like a few, like it had hardly even been digested, meaning that she probably had this very soon before the attack. Okay. And people then came to a conclusion. She went down for this midnight snack. Their fingerprints found on the bowl from Burke that she was reaching for. Maybe she took his pineapple. There's a flashlight right next to this pineapple bowl. He maybe then was like, don't eat my pineapple. Hit her on the head, whether he meant to harm her or not. Or not. And concussed her. Because she didn't die from that. But she was, like, unconscious. Right. Right. So we have the pineapple. Secondly, we have the 911 call. Okay. This has never been confirmed. Because it's so, like, people have analyzed this for years. There is a part of the call where 
there are two voices, obviously Patsy and John. And then there is potentially an unidentified third voice of a child. And Patsy saying, maybe, it literally sounds like, blah, 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 and then they have like broken it down. And it's like, whoa, whoa. what people have concluded is that she's saying to someone, what did you do? Help me, Jesus. My, my hands are over my face. I know. I know. Um, and also John saying, we're not speaking to you. <gasps> Guys, I have chills. Do you have chills? I do. Too. I have chills as well. And let's just go back to Shane that they always confirm that Burke was asleep during this time. Okay. Oh, during the 911 call? Mm-hmm. Oh, but if you hear something. And also Burke says now he stayed up in his room during this whole thing. So he was awake no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why lie that he was asleep? Why lie? So you cannot, and that's why CBS had to come out and be like, those are theories about what they said. We've had, you know, obviously people, professionals dissect this. We can't say it wouldn't be used in court. Right. Because it's just, it's, it's like a lie detector enough. test sort of where it's like, yeah. it's helping you get somewhere. It's not definitive. So then all of a sudden there's another media storm of like the brother did it. He was jealous of the attention. He was jealous of her looks. He was always the golden child before John Benet was born. And whether he meant to kill her or not, then the parents were like, we just lost one child. We need to cover this up. Yeah. So I just was always like 100%. I believe that this kid is weird. You see his interview on Dr. Phil and he's fucking bizarre. I heard that it's very haunting in the way that he is being interviewed. He's like giggling. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And it's like, again, you can't like tell how people are doing during grief. But like this is years later that you shouldn't be giggling. Yep. Uh, yeah. Or smiling, even. Exactly. And it's like, this kid has not known a life other than mm. being the being you know related to the murder of his... He's probably not well. Your your parents have always been accused of murdering your little sister. Yeah. Like, that's got to do something to yeah. you. So it's like, he's not going to be this, like, cool, late guy. <laughs> and he's probably sick of the attention. But also, one could analyze his reactions by being off. Yeah. For sure. Um. And, you know, they had a family friend who ended up coming out and saying that John Bonet was the apple of Patsy's eye. Uh-huh. Um, or no, Burke was the apple of Patsy's eye. And then came along this little girl who stole all the attention. He could have been very jealous. She added, I agree with the theory Burke killed John Bonet, but I don't think he meant to do it. I think Patsy did everything to protect her living child. I think she wrote the ransom note whilst John staged the scene in the basement. After calling the police, Patsy began inviting friends over, and in the commotion, John went missing for an hour and a half. It is my opinion he was disposing of evidence. Literally, same. That is all my opinions, and I'm trying to be unbiased, but like, yes, yes, and yes. He went missing for like an hour? Yes. And like the whole thing with like, you know, the time of the gash to the brain to the strangulation was 45 to two hours in, in between. Uh-huh. So this is what, well, actually, should I just wait? Uh, what? No, say it. Well, I was say just going to say. We're, we're getting to the, to the end. Okay. Because what I was going to say is what I think in that case, and I have always believed it was the brother, was that he didn't mean to kill her. I think he was a nine-year-old boy who doesn't know how to handle his emotions and 
hit his sister. I, your siblings, you hit each other, but it was too hard. She might have got knocked out or something like that. And her parents, he went to get the parents and they're like, what have you done? And that's like between the 45 minutes and two hours trying to figure out what to do. I will say that I believe that to some extent, the thing that now, like in researching more that just like I can't wrap my brain around is that these parents, if you're studying them from like a, what's their history? What's their, you know, emotional intelligence level? How's their well-being? They're kind of average people. They're weird for sure. Would these two people without any like mental um, issues, would they brutally murder their daughter that took out, like, would they rape? her would they strangle her well, so also maybe they she wasn't necessarily raped but like mutilated yes. correct so also it could have been her brother who did that and they found him doing that or something it doesn't explain the tase right marks and it also doesn't explain because if that was happening if she was struggling with dna under her nails that doesn't necessarily like why is the dad just going through with it Right. Yeah, I think. But it does also explain to male DNA, brother and dad. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't think it's the parents. I think though, we have to acknowledge that they had something to do with it. Whether to me at this point, it's down to there was an intruder. But sometimes I'm like, but maybe they had something. Shout out to Allison, because we've been talking about this a lot. Uh She was like, what if, or I think also Adrian, I can't remember. My brother's also in town and we've just been literally talking about this for like 24 hours. (laughs) One of them was like, what if he, you know, he's this powerful guy. He has a lot of money. What if he did something shady and there was some sort of like blackmail threatening thing that like, yes, there was an intruder that killed her, but they were aware of maybe like why she was killed because he was being punished for something like. Like they're in like some money thing that well that could also be very true that like they were like fuck we did something horrible and our daughter suffered from it so that kind of explains their weird reaction to it all totally but also that could be the you know it's it's either if it's an intruder i think they had something to do with it and if the brother they obviously then tried to cover it i think that the parents definitely knew the way this crime happened yes they on the ransom note i do believe that you think Patsy wrote it? I mean, it's so similar. Her D's are like the exact same. Well, and did it, wasn't there something on the ransom note that the number of his bonus was written out in letters and words instead of just putting in the number like 180,000? Let's look up a picture. I think okay. it's just the numbers actually. I feel like um, I've heard that at some point, but I could be totally wrong. Which, if it was written out, like if I'm going to write 500, give me $500, I just write 500 with it, two numbers. Um, da, 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 da. No, it, it is written out in numbers. Okay, never mind. Um, 100,000 will be in $100 bills, the remaining 18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure you bring, uh, I can't read that. Yeah, you know, I just, I feel like I am consumed by this at this point, and I'm at this. Everything that I used to believe, I'm now just questioning, I will say. Because I do think the – you can't really trust the evidence down there because it was also tampered with. But 
there is something about how easy it was to break in and she had so much attention on her. There's all those fucking right. sick perverts that want to do this to a beautiful little girl. Of course. And it, it's it's the brutal. I never realized how brutal it was. I always kind of thought she like was knocked out. Same. I didn't realize like in, you know, her trying to fight it. And it takes minutes for someone to die. That uh-huh. way you're literally having to like pull it tighter and tighter for someone to for the brother to fashion that downstairs, a nine-year-old to like, I'm going to make a garrote or whatever the fuck it's called. I wouldn't even know. But also using her art supplies is so... Haunting. Specific. It is weird that why would no one... If you're if you're planning to do this, you would come in with your ransom note. You would also come in with your weapon of choice. So it is weird that if someone came in, they then had to try to find a weapon inside the house unless that was like... The kidnapping didn't work, which is someone's theory right. that they tried to put her in that suitcase, and then they were like, "Well, fuck! Now I just have to kill her because this is too much." But again, why write the ransom note on the pen and paper from their own house? That's I so know. weird to me. Because it's like you think that you would come in with it already done, especially if you didn't plan to kill her. God, that's so true. That's the part I think that is almost like one of the most telling parts to me is the ransom note yes and yeah. it's three pages because if it was three pages from a different notepad and paper that's almost like or notepad and pen that's almost more believable to me but that means you stayed in the house while you're murdering a little girl and wrote three pages worth of stuff it's very true and like if you're to look i i suggest everyone to look at the ransom note because i mean it is manic you can also see like if you zoom in and you're looking at like the W's and stuff, uh-huh. it looks so shaky, but you have to be like, is that from nerves? Right. Or is that disguise? And that's another thing right. that people have analyzed and no one's ever been able to fucking come up with an answer. Or is, it, is it both? So what did the brother say on Dr. Phil? He said that he just had absolutely nothing to do with it. And his story is like, I was asleep. But then when I knew that everyone was coming over, I just stayed upstairs because I didn't want to be a part of it. Once again, the reactions of a nine-year-old to trauma. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Maybe I would have stayed upstairs being like, I'm terrified. Like, I'm paralyzed. I don't want to see a bunch of scary police officers come in. He's clearly a strange person. He's clearly a strange person. But yeah, he's just like, I had absolutely nothing to do with it. There isn't... It's hard because obviously DNA of these three people are all over the house. Yeah. So it's like you can't really – Well, because it would even be – it wouldn't be that strange to find either parent's DNA on her underwear because you help your kid get dressed. Right. And the DNA – so they knew that it was a male on her fingernails, so obviously trying to get someone off of mm-hmm. her and her underwear. But it doesn't match John or Burke. Really? It's unidentified male DNA, but they can do a match. Like, they're like, we don't know who this is, but we can see if it is one of these two. And well, it wasn't. It has so it's an be. outside source. But also, they were saying that it's like DNA is like everywhere. Right. You right. know, in a way. So it's like she saw family friends that night. Right. You know, there's just so many. They There were so many people that they had seen as well during that day. And so it's just like, I mean, on her underwear. Is, underwear is strange. But yeah, they can't say, oh, that was Burke's DNA on her underwear. Because it doesn't match. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, 
So sure, that's like, okay, then it has to be an intruder. But then, you know, then there's things that don't make any sense about that. Absolutely. There's literally no footprints going into the house in that's, the snow. And that is like, you would see that. And someone like coming over would be like, what are those things? Exactly. And the spider web thing, but that could also be either way. But it's like, nothing adds up. And it's just so frustrating because it was like, if they just had the right people come in and do the job in the yeah, beginning, we might know. Oh, I, I'm sure because it's like they would have immediately searched the house, found her, not touched anything, and then they would all of whoever did this to her, the DNA would be all over that blanket. It is also strange that her dad went straight to where she was. Very weird. Like not going up to her room first. Yeah. And so I think that's like the eeriest part of I it. I agree. And that kind of then makes me go back to being like, they did it. I don't, I don't know. Because I, I don't know. The theory that does check out the most to me, and it's just easy to believe, is that they lost one child because their kid accidentally killed her or did something horrible. Yeah. And then they didn't want to lose another kid. So they covered it up for him. But there is still so many unanswered questions. I know. I know. I mean, and that's pretty much, you know. That's the gist of it. Um, And there's been so many, I feel like recently too, it's been like a reassurance. Totally. Insurgence of like documentaries and everything. Oh my God. We were looking at like last night just on Amazon. We just typed in John Binet. There's like 45 documentaries on it. And so I will say that I freshly out of, I just watched one from Lou Smith's perspective Mm -hmm. and it has all of his actual recordings from every day working on the case of his like private diary, quote unquote. So I will say that I got a little bit like, oh wow, he was so passionate that it was this intruder and I never really thought about that before. And so I kind of got on that train and then at the end of the documentary, some of his tapes are saying like how like God told him oh no well i'm sorry as soon as you start saying that it's out the window that's when it lost all credibility to me yes. that, he, that he said john benet spoke to him and no. she was like no she no, didn't. it wasn't my parents and that's when i was like is he just like because he has Crazy. his own daughter right he's like i can't i refuse to believe that someone could do this right to their own children like there's no kind of evil like that there can't be but there is yes, there is and sweetheart you've worked on two undercover homicide cases you must know that there is this kind yeah, of evil absolutely so that's when I was kind of like, is he just this crazy man that like refused to even take this into consideration right. and went too easy on them? I wonder if there will be like more, if there will be more technology to find more evidence. You know what I think will happen? What I hope will happen? What? I hope there will be a deathbed confession from the dad or the brother. And I'm surprised that there wasn't one from the mom. But I feel like we could get a deathbed confession from the dad or the brother. Well, because if... Patsy is like, she's the first to go. So she probably was like, I don't even want to like put, but the last one to go, they might. They really might. Because that family knows who killed their daughter. I'm sorry. They do. Whether they did it or they didn't, that family knows who killed their daughter. They 100% do. There's no way they don't. All of their reactions point to, they were involved somehow. Does that mean that they killed her? Who knows? Does that mean that they wrote the ransom note? Maybe there's something that they did. Yeah. Yeah, that was not right. Or yeah, or something they didn't do which led to the murder. Of the and daughter. there it is. Or something they didn't do. Wow. God, what a tragic story, but will be a story that will be told over and over and over again. I know. Until we find out who it is. Cuz yeah, like you know, I don't think there's one person that can be so 100% certain even in their beliefs like 
Because even for me, it's like, but wait a second, this is a whole other thing. I Like, I had never heard the thing about the taser. I had never heard the thing about the neighbors hearing the scream. I never heard either of those. Yeah. And there was one other thing that I was truly shocked about. Um, I didn't know that she was, like, mutilated down there, too. And that also brings a whole other thing. You have to be a very specific person to do that to anyone, but especially a little girl. And, like, creating a weapon to do that. You know, like, you're not just, like, not you're not just sexually assaulting someone but you're you know like you're truly fashioning something to right and that's like I don't I'm sorry to go there but I can see her little brother being like sick kind of and I don't know and also like you don't know what you're doing as a kid really yeah they're also in watching his confession or his interrogation videos when they ask him about pineapple he does put his hands over his mouth but he's also this little kid that's, like, right. rocking back and forth that's, like, I like pine... Like, it's just... You can't... Oh. It's weird with child cases like this, too, because how can you see if a child is, like... I mean, I guess you can, you know... We just... Children, it's hard to judge anything on them. It truly is. Because they're a kid. I know. And it's also hard because their IQs are not as high yet, and it's very easy to mon- manipulate children. Exactly. So yeah, I still just, I still feel at a loss. I wish I had a better answer. I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about this one too. Yes. And like to, you know. Yeah, like everyone, if you listen to this whole thing, God bless you. Oh my God, please. I'm and, sure you enjoyed it. And then please tell us like, okay, well like based on that, sure. Yes. Like, I mean, just let us know like all the research you've done, what you've heard. DM us. And why you truly think the killer is the killer. Yeah. And like back that, back that shit up because back we want to know. Shit. Uh, we want to know. It's an open book still. Mm-hmm. Where will it take and us? one of you could solve it. So slide into those DMs. <laughs> Lots of things get solved by sliding into the DMs. That's for sure. This could be one That's of them. That's for sure. Wow, Tess, thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, what an intense case. Such an intense case. One that I think that everyone it will always have like a special place in their heart. It really will. And... We hope you enjoyed the journey. Yes, please like and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Yeah, give us a shout-out. Give it, yeah. Give Good it, all. hey, I, I'd take a four-star rating, too. Uh, truly, any, literally pretty much anything. Not uh, one star. Yeah, not one, no, please no. But four times. Um, follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And submit what things you want to know the history behind. Yes, please let us know. All right, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.